This week's episode of the Bench Time Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Thank you, guys. We have a few patrons out there. Um, the more patrons we get, the more content we're going to be able to produce, but you guys help keep the lights on. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash customs to also become a patron of the show. Check out what you can get in return for becoming a patron. We got some cool stuff. Again, it's it's patreon.com forward slash customs. Love you guys. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of the Bench Time Podcast, presented by HO Scale Customs. Now buckle up, you fine scale freaks. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 21 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley from HO Scale Customs. This week, we have special guest Jason Jensen on the show again. He's coming back for his second appearance. And uh, welcome, Jason. Thanks for coming, to the sh- coming on our show again this week. Thank you. And uh, I know we have a lot to talk about, so we, um, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, I think my dad has been working on a pretty cool scratch build. I don't know if he wants to talk about that, but I also know that we want to cover some things with Jason, some specific modeling techniques where with mm-hmm. um, foundations and roofs and a whole bunch of different things. So we are just going to get cranking away on this podcast, and uh, we'll see where it goes. So I'll let you take over, Dad. Okay, hey, look. Hi, everybody. Uh, we got Jason here. Hi, Jason. Um, tonight, we're going tonight. Uh, we're gonna roll Jason into this podcast. Uh, not so much as like an introductory introductory guest like we have in the past, but more along the lines of we're gonna get part down of the to show. some nitty gritty. He's gonna be, you are part of the show tonight. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we are gonna put you in, talk to you about the things that we talk about here, have some fun. I think one of the topics cool. we're gonna hit on is uh, we're gonna talk about foundations of structures and where we put them on the layout, how we put them into place and find where is a good location, how we need to work them into the scenery, that type of thing. And then if we have some time, we'll talk about uh, roofs and and such on top of the buildings, uh, maybe some of the different techniques that we all use. Um, I want you to feel free to jump in here and talk at any point when we uh, it's going to be tough because we tend to hug the mic. Okay. So we're getting uh, better. Fine. We're getting better. But what we always do is we start with what's on our, what's what, what's on our workbench. Uh, we usually head into that right away. And, and um, why don't we do that before we get into our main topic and then uh, let us know what you got on your workbench today. Okay. Um, well, right now I'm currently working on uh, a skyscraper that's made by Lundy Studios. Oh, yes. Yes, I, I've heard um, they have a couple. Um, I do have a couple. Um, and I, I've been posting pictures on my Facebook page, you know, Jason Jensen Trains. Um, I apologize. I, I've gone, like, now I think I've gone a whole week without posting anything. But uh, <laughs> I love. Uh, the but anyways, work. I... Uh, I love the window work. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. You know, um, those kits have a lot of detail and if you're willing to put in the time to paint all that detail and all those window cells, I mean, I think it turns out amazing, but it does take a lot of time. So, uh, we're afraid of windows. (laughs) Windows are, are, we have a window 
we have a window like phobia. Brett and I both do. <laughs> I tell you what, they we spend a lot of time working on windows, but they are the I don't know buildings with more windows to me are very they become very tedious, like you said, and oh yeah, you just have to take your time with them, but doing that they turn out they do turn out awesome and i you know just suck it up and you do it and they turn out good but yours i I love i love the progress shots you've been putting up of your kid already thanks you know i uh the brick wall section i spray painted it with just a gray primer (laughs) and then i took um a brick color acrylic brick color and took a sponge and just uh, dabbed it in the paint and I dab it off on some paper first. Uh, right. But then I just go over the brick with the sponge and very lightly. Um, that way you get the gray stays in the mortar lines and you're only painting the top side of the brick. Oh, that's a good idea. So, that is really good yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, but I, then, I, and then I went back and I you said painted that. my windows. Go ahead. No, I said that's funny you said that because I'm doing the same thing on mine, but go, you go ahead. That's really kind of funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. And I'm going to talk about that when yeah. it's my turn, but you go on. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> well, so then I went in after that all dried. Uh, I painted all the window cells and uh, or the window frames and uh, the brick ledge around the top edge of the building. Um, and then after that was dry, I felt like it was a little too bright looking, um, too new looking. So I, I put a black wash over it and I just took black acrylic paint and it's really just a drop or two of paint, but mostly water. And then, um, over all the window frames and the, uh, cement, block trim around the top um, I would put that black wash over it I didn't do it over the brick uh, just the windows yeah so, see, I think it, if you did it over the brick it might get it might get splotchy on the bricks if you did something yeah, right? yeah. Hey, yep. and I really liked the gray the gray of the mortar and I didn't want to get that any darker I knew the black would go in those cracks right? and, uh, and then it wouldn't, it wouldn't look good so so that's where I'm at, and I've got to put windows in and, uh, you know, like the clear plastic, I'll glue that in and then put window shades. Mm-hmm. And then I'm actually going to do some billboards on the top, and all I do is I print out signs on my printer, and then I cut them out, and I take sandpaper to the back of them and fan them and get them as thin as possible, and then with a paintbrush, brush on white Elmer's glue. Hey, that sounds familiar. And then press it it onto the brick, and it just looks like it's painted on there. Yeah, that's that's how we do them, too. That is my favorite thing in the world to do. (laughs) I actually... um, I actually... I'm blessed with with my job. I have access to... uh, you know all the photo editing things I can get my hands on, so I have you know all the Adobe products known to man, and uh, I love creating my custom custom signs too. I'll look at what's out there and I try to make my own business names up, or I'll make my own you know kind of 
<laughs> kind of like the knockoff versions of famous brands or famous stores you'll see, and uh, I'll print my own signs and do the same thing. Because then, cool. then it's a little bit more unique. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Now, when you yeah. sand the back of yours, Jason, you said you sand the back really thin. We do that, too. I sometimes yep. will sand it so thin that in some little small areas, you'll start to get uh, the beginnings of a hole. Yeah, it goes all and, the way through. Yep, yep. And I like that. In some places, yeah. you flip it over, and when you go to put it on, yep. it looks like that part is now just, the you other, know, it's worn off. That looks neat. And, yeah. That looks, that looks cool, and um, I've also had it where I've, by accident, I've ripped a corner off, and uh, mm-hmm. and I'll yeah. actually just sand that corner that I ripped even thinner at where the rip was, so that way it looks yeah. like it was fading uh-huh. out in the corner. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that always yeah, works uh, nice. Another good trick, too, is then after everything is on the wall and completely dry, you can go in with a brush and your pastel chalks and brush on, you know, like a brick color so that the brick is actually the yeah. part right. of the brick is running down the sign. Have, have you ever oh, tried cool. um, Have you ever tried taking a sea sponge also of the same color? And yeah. uh, almost yep. almost like dry blotting on top of the sign, just yeah. to, just to make it look like that color of the wall is coming out through the back of it in spo- splotchy sections. Yeah, yeah, it really ages it. Yep. Yeah, that I'm I'm so happy. That's like the same. That is to a T the exact <laughs> technique I use. I love it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Now you you know do, you're taking a step here. Or, you know, away from doing something that you normally, you know, we all do the two, three, four structure buildings, and uh, you're you've jumped into you know a, a skyscraper, and, and it, so it's a, it's a whole new realm of building for you, um, uh, yeah. you know, and and that's cool. I mean, and I have one sitting yeah. here. I haven't had to. It's eleven stories high. It's a it's the Waller's Ashmore Hotel. And it's still okay. sitting up here in a box because I'm because I have a window phobia. And uh, <laughs> but um, but you know I I love seeing you the the modelers online uh, on you know Facebook and Instagram and, and such where they are making. There's not too many. There's not too many guys doing it. Um, one of the guys that does do it, uh, Frank Varga. Um, he yeah. is in the future here. We plan on having him as a guest. And, um, but he's, um, you know, he, he's another one that really his stuff is, he does a lot of skyscraper stuff and, uh, it's, it's really impressive. And, and your model is shaping up like that, you know, you, you had the mount modeling talents and now you're applying them to a whole new style of building. And wow, it really, it just pops. It's really cool. Good job. Well, thanks. And yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a different, you know, I love doing wood kits and now all of a sudden here I am doing, you know, brickwork and, uh, yeah, just a completely different structure for me. Right. Uh, but I'm applying all the same techniques and aging it the same. So, um, so it's, it's fun. I love it. Yeah. Oh, Brett, what do you got on your workbench? I I am wrapping up the uh, Tucker factory kit from uh, CC from uh, Carolina Craftsman Kits. So um, it's a it's a it's it's a fun one. I'll tell you that it uh, on the on the front of the box 
uh, Jeff from CCK, which is Carolina Craftsman Kits, he has like a little rating system where he has like a little Zacto knife blade on the difficulty of the kit, right? <laughs> and uh, right. it was uh, four, I guess it's four out of five for a skill level that he he's recommending. And mm-hmm. when I first saw that, I'm like, ah, you know, I can, that's not that bad. I'll be good. And I, t- I texted you the other night right before, uh, well, I think it was Saturday or Sunday night, um, dad, where I was like, this kit is, it's, it's getting the best of me. So it, uh, <laughs> it, it, has, it has proved to be a, cha- a challenging kit, I think, just because it's, it's two triangular buildings that are butted up against a rectangular building and you have to get all the angles just right for it to fit together perfectly but oh that's that's pretty cool now now you said about challenging and what's really interesting is i think that you know that's the key for us as modelers is that we want like jason stepping up now to um a skyscraper and and now you're you're really enjoying this kit that you're doing because it's rated you know, you, because of not so much a rating, but you, you're finding it a challenge. It's, and I think yeah, we have to challenge ourselves in this hobby. It's difficult because it's not your typical, you know, rectangle or square kit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I've made a couple scratch built angular buildings that aren't rectangular, but I had a plan in my head for them. This is, you know, uh, a little different because it's two of them together. Uh, backed up against right. the square building, so it's a little challenging. But uh, I'm having a ball with it. That and there, I have spent probably the last two weeks just putting the kit, like the structure together, the main structure. And I'm probably mm-hmm. gonna take. It's probably gonna take me another week just to do all the detail parts. Because I told you, Dad, there's. It's almost like three kits worth of detail parts inside the kit itself. My so I'm, I'm excited. Wow. I'm excited to just get to the detail parts alone. That's going to take me just as long because I mean, Jeff, Jeff at Carolina Craftsman Kits put a ton into this kit, and uh, um, I've been itching to get to the fun stuff, which is all the small parts, and I haven't even been able to touch them yet because I'm still working on the structure. And, and you know, you, you talked about about all the little small details like the, you know, you know, barrels and things like crates and things like that. We talked about that well, this has, many times. This has come with, um, we're, we're used to getting, and I'm sure Jason's the same way. When you, when you open up most kits, you know, you get the typical barrels and crates and it, mm-hmm. almost the same stuff in every single, in right. the, most yeah, kits come yep. with the same, same generic white metal parts. And, uh, right. And uh-huh. Je- Jeff's has like railing, like a tons of cool railings I've not seen. Um, it came with like all oh, these cool. like warehouse vacuums and stuff that you don't see on kits a lot. Uh, you know, right. the, the big giant vacuum cylinders that go on the outside of the buildings. Right. And uh, water, like cool wooden Craftsman water towers and just a whole bunch of stuff that I've never seen before in most Craftsman kits. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to tear into that just because uh, he's, he stuffed a lot into it, which is neat to see a manufacturer do. You don't see that very often. Now, now oh, real cool. quick, real quick, Willen, for both of you guys, I got a question. And maybe it's just me, yeah. but there are times I've built a kit and I spent so much time building it and trying to get everything just right on the walls. And I get sometimes I get a little over perfectionist kind of, you know, and, and I put a lot of work into it. And then the next thing you know, you think you're all done and you got and you're. 
and you look to see what's left that you can possibly build on it, and you think, oh, great, I just want to wrap this up. I want to get it done. I'm happy. I like it. But you open up, and there's a baggie of metal cast parts, and you're like, ah. No, I love I got to paint on them now. That's how I get. I get like uh, not all the time, but there's a lot of times I've done it, and I'm I'm like, ah, I just want to be done with it. Now I got to paint all these little not, parts. I like that better. And I find places to put them. You know, uh, it's it's like almost tedious to me. I, it's like I just want to be done with the structure and then be done with it. You know. Yeah, uh, there's yep. other times that I that I don't, but anyhow, I don't know if you guys ever got felt that way. <laughs> Have you, Brett? No, I, I typically like uh, that part better. Okay. I I, 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 it, I, it itch, I get all itchy and I'm and excited to to do the smaller stuff. Okay. And uh, I actually like I like that because it's after building a big kit with a bunch of wall pieces that you've just been painting, right? The same color and working on it, it all starts to look the same after a while when you're painting just a bunch of wall sections. I actually get excited to tear into the detail parts. Oh, cool. I like uh, that better. I have, I've put together some FOSS kits that, um, the same thing. Like I got to the end of the structure, it was all done and there were detail parts yeah. and uh, I just sort of put them in a bag and that's <laughs> a bag full of parts that, you know, someday I'll just have a couple days where all I do is paint the detail parts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm go- I need to move on. <laughs> oh my God. I do that too. And, and, and uh, now here's the scary part of that is you got to remember that at some point you got to do that. Otherwise they're just going to stay in yeah. that box and you can have a big collection of these little yep. parts tiny parts um i i have done that and then also with the small details i i already have some that in in like the little compartmentalized plastic containers that you maybe put fishing tackle in and i stack Mm -hmm. i put all the little tiny parts some of them are already painted or i'll get a free moment and i'll paint like you know crates or barrels or mailboxes and things like that and i'll just kind of stack them up there already painted and instead of taking that little plastic baggie of parts that I gotta paint I'll start digging through my boxes and stuff that's already done just like so it's <laughs> just like so you put it on there I think a lot of modelers probably do that yeah yeah sure uh, okay. I know something I've done recently is uh, in front of my workbench I have a peg board and I have all pegs, and I'll put detail parts in a clear plastic bag and then um, stick it on one of those pegs so that I can actually see it. And then all of my containers that I keep, um, uh, you know, detail parts in or train cars or whatever, um, they're all clear so that I can see what's in them. And so you don't lose that track. Personal, that's helped me because if it's in a box and it's out of sight, you forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be going through the box. Yeah. And go, oh my gosh. That, I, I wanted to really yeah. get that. I wanted to really build yep. that or paint that. And I, I forgot I even had it. I wanted to do that a year ago, you know, <laughs> and I uh, yeah. forgot all about it. Uh, I have yeah. the pegboard too. And I, I used to hang them up there like that, Jason, on my pegboard. Uh-huh. And the problem was 
I go to a show or I'll go to a, uh, uh, the, uh, one of the hobby shops and I'll pick up all those little detail parts and, and, you know, small kit things, small kit type things. And I'll hang them up there or automobiles that are in plastic bags or containers that I have to paint. And, uh, uh-huh. I'll start stacking them up on those hooks and, yeah. and I lose the ones behind them. So, <laughs> so the ones that are hanging behind them, I, 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 I never get to, you know, so I have to, sure, I, I just got to the point sure. now where I just stop buying them. I've made a point. I'm not buying anything else until I start clearing some of this crap out of it. But all yeah. uh, my, my workbench right now, well, I, I've been working, I have three projects working at one time. Um, I have uh, recently, uh, Kenny Crump uh, from KC Workshops, uh, he actually laser cut some uh, walls for me for a uh, building I'm reproducing from uh, my trip to Annapolis. It's uh, the uh, Shiplap house. And um, he was so gracious to contact me and said he was, uh, he would help me out in reproducing the brick walls. There's any, there's any one major brick wall. He said, if you draw it out for me and everything, I will make sure to, uh, to, uh, uh, cut that for you and, and you know, laser cut it for you and get you the brick wall that you want for it. And which is awesome. And, uh, and the chimneys and nerdy, the only brick sections of it. And he did a wonderful job because it's a, it's a unique type of brick wall. Um, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a, an 18th century building. It's a 250 year old building rather than your modern day or even early, late 1800s, early 1900s. So it's a different style of brick. And, 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 um, so what I did was I took photos down there and I'm prototyping that building um, into a prototype model. And uh, the, I was reproducing the brick uh, that he sent me. And uh, he, he has special interest in it because he is from that region and uh, he is familiar with the buildings down in Annapolis. And I think he was just thrilled that uh, something's being built from that region, which is cool. And um, so I, I'm working on that and I reproduced the wall pretty much through the photo. I, 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 I tried to do the best I could with the paint job on it. I put pictures up online of that and on our Instagram. Um, so I have yeah, that product. It's looking good. Yeah. Yeah. I've thank you. Pictures. It's looking really good. Yeah. And, and I did the same kind of thing you were talking about because it's the brick. Um, I put the mortar. Uh, I actually put, um, I spray painted the, the brick first with a uh, Krylon primer um, red oxide, uh, a, bricky, okay. a brick cover. And then okay. after it dried, because it's a primer, and I know it's not going to smear, I ran the vinyl spackling, that DAP spackling. Um, I kind of just put some in there to fill in the mortar. And okay. and I, the reason I use a primer is so that the, uh, the spackling doesn't turn pink when I go to put it in yeah. there. And um, and then after that primer is in, then I took um, the sponge, uh, like, like like you were talking about, and I oh, just yeah, okay. and I dry but like a dry brush, but I dry sponged it. So I took as much uh-huh. paint out as I could, and I used some different tones of red, um, you know, some different ty- tones of uh, brickish brick color, brick red colors, and then uh, with just acrylics. And then I took a, for the darker brick, uh, I used a um, 
burnt umber. And then the burnt umber gave me that brown, a dark brownish brick. And uh, so, so that's what I kind of did with that. So right now those walls are about set. I can start building that, but um, also I have, uh, I was built a scratch built, another scratch built um, of the, tower that's going to go out in the pier it's a it's a crane a jib crane on a platform for loading and unloading um a uh and i was i think the last time i talked to you jason uh or i was doing a video you came on and saw me doing that uh some of the walls were you kind of gave me the help you kind of gave me some of your tips on how to do the weathering of the walls or the painting of the walls and uh yeah and it turned out awesome. Um, I'm not done with that. So, but I put that on the shelf right now um, because I am in the process of doing a a building for Kenny at Casey's Workshop. It's a um, a build. Um, what we would call um, it's not he, he it's not for sale yet. Uh, it's going to be. I'm doing a test build for him on something called Goober's Garage, and I have it now sitting on my workbench and all the pieces. Um, they're all here. It looks like a really fun structure. It's a cinder block wall structure, and like an old like an old time service station. Um, uh-huh. But there's not many what I liked about the kit is there's not a lot of uh, cinder block, cinder block type buildings out there. There's brick and there's, you know, your clapboard wood and, you know, that type of thing. But we're, we don't see a lot of, uh, this is all laser cut too, uh, into the wood Mm -hmm. and uh, there would, there would pieces, but it's cinder block wall. And I'm about ready to to jump on that and uh, do a test build on this. And, um, I got some interesting ideas of, I'm just trying to, so when you guys, before the podcast started, uh, I was looking at old photos online of, uh, old service stations with the paint peeling off of the, uh, the center blocks and stuff like that. So, um, so cool. that's what I, that's what I'm working on right now. So it's a uh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Good stuff. I was curious to know. Uh, sorry, I was curious to know on the uh, the building that you completely scratch built that had the crane mm-hmm. uh, on the pier. Um, yes, sir. Wh- how did you come up with that? <laughs> did it just purely well, out of your head? Well, when I, when we built the pier. We put a track onto the pier. I built the track right into the woodwork of the pier. Um, okay. And the train will actually roll out onto the pier, which is great. Um, we'll be able to back uh, rail cars out onto the pier. It's not a real long pier. I think it's uh, 16, 15, 16 inches. Uh, but the width of it, I kept the track to one side so I could line buildings all the way up the side. And I was just going to put, like, some little shacks and things like, uh, you know, bait shop. I uh, did a Bob's bait shop uh, about a month ago, and that's gonna, that's going on there. Um, I thought a whole mess of those little tiny structures. But then I thought, how are they going to load and unload cars off of this freaking pier uh, and, and or unload the boats uh, without some kind of crane? And I had this jib crane sitting on my workbench, actually on one of those hooks on the pegboard, and uh, it was a ticky. Uh, is that how we say it? Titchy, titchy, trains. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so the titchy train jib crane I have, I uh, was sitting here and I thought, you know what? Let's use that 
and uh, let's build some kind of a, a building on the side and put a platform on it and cut a hole in. And one of the guys, I think it was uh, one of the guys on Instagram saw the photos and asked if it was the gallows, uh, the gallows pole. And because it does kind of, yeah, I'm not sure who that was. I'm not sure who that was. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but um, and and but he he struck it struck me funny because I never really looked at that the whole time I was I was building it. Never looked at it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I just I decided I was gonna. I just sat down with some paper and started banging it out. I said, I need to make it tall enough that the rail car can go under it. The, the, the crane can lower into the rail car and then uh-huh. also turn and be able to go down off the side of the pier yeah. to the boat on the side. And, uh, and, I, and then I just kind know, of for the For the money, that jib crane is amazing because it's really cheap. But the yeah. detail on that crane is incredible. It is, and it's a bitch to build. Uh, I've, it, 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 it is. <laughs> I've done a couple of them, and uh, yeah, it it takes some you know it takes some patience, but it, it's worth it. And feeding that chain through the pulleys, I was ah oh, man, I was it's a real chain, and I wanted to pull. Oh, yeah, man, I was ready. To, I was I was about ready to just smash the whole thing with a with a bag on my bottom of my beer bottle. Oh gosh, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> but you know, once, once I got it, once you got the first pulley and you figured out how it feeds through, then uh, yeah. then I got started getting uh, tricky with it and using a pair of tweezers and and uh, but yeah, I, I was frustrated with it, but it did turn out nice. So and okay. and the nice the nice thing about those jib queens is you can do you can paint them up, you know, dirty black or grimy black and and then just chuck some rust on them and some. Uh, rust yeah. color, pastels, that type of thing, and chalks. Yep. And uh, next thing you know, you got a, a good old rusty crane on there. Look, they, they turn out nice. So, yeah. yep. well, let's get into our main topic here: um, uh, structures. One of the one of the things on your structures that I noticed, and I even had a conversation with you online one time, asking you questions about about it uh, before we really got to know you, before you did the, the you know did our first podcast, is uh, foundations on the buildings. Uh, one of the things that struck me on one of yours um, is you did a, a building where you had a a loading dock and it had uh, looked like a concrete structure. Uh, it looked like it was made of concrete, but of course it wasn't. And I asked you how you did that, and you said you used some of that um, foam, and you made it strictly yep. for foam. And it was amazing. Uh, can you give us some detail on how you do those things? Uh, yeah, you know, it's just the um, the blue insulation foam uh, and the texture of it. You know, once you cut that and cut it the shape you want and painted the concrete color and put some pastel chalks on it, it looks just like concrete. So uh, that, that foam is amazing and you can carve it. If you want a cinder block look and you know, you can take an exacto knife and carve into that foam and then you paint it gray and it looks just like cinder block. So that is so um, cool, man. Yep. I haven't even tried it. I, I, when you told me how you did that, I was like, oh, man, I need to try it, and I still haven't tried it. 
And we got plenty of foam for that. Oh my god, we got leftover foam because we're redoing the top of the uh, the layout. We, we we tore the whole layout down. I think we told you that before, and we're rebuilding it. Yeah. And yep. so we went out and bought a whole mess of extruded foam. I got tons of you know the scrap stuff that comes off, and um, I still have yet to do your trick. And I want to do that. Uh, it looks so good. Now on your structures, do you do you? Um, uh, when you paint that, what do you? What kind of paints do you use for that? Uh, just acrylic. Acrylic. And, uh, uh, you know, yeah. Um, really, I think if you if you want to mix your own, I mean, you can go to the craft store and they have all different shades of gray, and you could get exactly what you want. But if you want to just mix it yourself, just you know, black and white. You know, to get the gray, but if you add a little bit of a a tan color to it, um, it kind of gives it an aged look. Oh, that's 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 cool. That's, that would be that makes sense. Yeah, I don't like seeing yeah. just straight uh, not, gray as well as, as it is. Sometimes you know, yeah, anything yeah, you paint yeah. just straight up straight up gray always looks a little unnatural. Yeah, there's Brett. Then, Hi, Brett. Hey, we haven't heard from Brett. <laughs> I know. Well, I you like, guys, yeah. talk, Jason, I'm talking. We didn't let you get. We didn't let you in, man. This, you guys were like on you. a roll. I just let you go. <laughs> I was sitting yeah. here. I was sitting here taking. I was uh, taking show. I was taking show notes as we were going. I had my notepad. I was scribbling for the show notes. So uh, I just let yeah, you guys cool. go. It was good stuff. But yeah, I I. I I didn't mean to cut in on your colors there, but but even when I have a, a plain gray paint, Jason, I always like to add. Um, a little bit of brown or a little bit of a tan color, yeah. a khaki color to it. Yep. Because I I don't like yep. just a, a straight gray. It always looks a little too fake. Yep, definitely. And I think I mentioned it on the last uh, podcast that we did, where um, I just take a brush and scrub it over uh, a pastel chalk, maybe a brown or a black, and then actually just brush it right on to the painted area for shadows or dirt or something like that. I think um, I'm a huge fan of using pastel chalks. Yeah, they turn out so, great. We we go through them. Yeah, it provides go, like a filter. We go through a ton of them. Yeah, yep. Um, that, now, you know, another good now, trick another good trick for uh, uh, foundations is I use um, Sculpty, which is a, it's, it's like a soft clay and until you bake it in the oven. So what I do is I roll it out just like you're rolling out, like we're going to do cookies, you know, just roll out that clay thin. You have to, it can't be more than a half inch thick and that's too thick for anything I would ever do. I usually do like maybe an eighth you know, um, yeah, and just just roll it out, and then you can cut. You can cut your foundation strips. You can carve stones into it, I... and then um, put it in the oven. Bake it for like fifteen minutes at I think it's one hundred and fifty degrees. And when you take it out, it is rock hard, and it just holds that form. It's just huh. it's set, and then you can just. Paint it with your acrylic paints. Um, it's awesome. I've done that with um, air dry clay. 
Okay. Uh, I've used uh, the Crayola air dry clay and done the same exact uh-huh. thing. I just don't. I just don't bake cool. it. It just let it set. I, I usually let it set for a day and then, and then it, you know it. It's it's clay. It's hardened clay at that point, and I just paint it and it and it looks. Yeah. I've done rock wall like that, and it looked not rock wall. I'm sorry. I, I do like. Um, I did sorry. a a block a big block wall like that. Cool. I I had the Sculpey the Sculpey as well in a little uh-huh. container. I made. I tried to use them. <sighs> To make seagulls, okay. <laughs> Those are terrible. <laughs> they were the worst seagulls ever. They look like, oh my god, they look like uh, deformed. They look like deformed cuckoo birds. They were deformed cuckoo birds, man. They were awful. They didn't look like seagulls at all. I, I watched a video uh, on some guy who made his own uh, somewhere online. It, oh no, it was an article. It was an article the guy did, okay. and uh, I read this article somewhere somewhere about he made his own HO scale um, well actually he made O scale seagulls and they turned out really nice well I'm making <laughs> wow. HS well don't try and make HO scale <laughs> they, that was that was definitely not your better work ever oh my god they were awful they were absolutely awful maybe some maybe on the maybe on the website I'll, I'll put up as a, one of our failure things a failure story on how not to make seagulls um wow. the best thing to do is I never, to buy them. i've never thought of that you know i've always used it for uh brick like brick walls or even chimneys but I never thought to make a bird or a seagull. <laughs> well, well, Jason, actually, we'll it, just say, we'll just we'll just go ahead and say uh, don't don't make yeah, animals. Don't, <laughs> and good luck giving them wings. It does not work. Uh, now the guy did it on a scale, and he turned out pretty decent because you know it's they're, it's O scale. It's twice the it's, size. It's, it, Right, exactly, twice the size. He was able to work with it. It's too small for HO, and I, it looked like I had the, I don't really know, if, like it, it was just it was terrible. And, and then after I, and after I did it, I said, well, you know what, maybe it looked better with paint. So I'll start painting them up white, you know, like the seagulls, giving them some gray. And I'm like, oh, man, now they look really, really bad. They only look like birds. They look like giant sized dogs. Is what they look like. But you know, I've wasn't sure if they were Great Danes or seagulls. They were they were terrible. But, um, but that sculpting stuff. That, uh, the reason I bring that up is that sculpting stuff is it's in a plastic. It's in like it's like a little. I have it in a little box, like you like you get um, like you get lunch meat at the at the uh, at the at the grocery store, and it's just a resealable you know, um, plastic container, um, for mm-hmm. not real heavy weight or anything. And I put that in there and it, it still is just as moist as it ever was. I guess it, you have to yeah. bake it rid of that. And, um, yep. so I still have this stuff. I just, well, I was going to say, I, I cut in just now, but I was going to say, uh, let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's, um, let's get back on track with, uh, foundations here. Yes. <laughs> I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to be that guy, but let's, let's, uh, Jump back I have a question for Jason on foundations. So after you okay. bake those, uh, you know your, your your brick walls or rock walls or whatever you made with them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When you go to you know, because you roll them out and they're thin, and then you yep. you, you glue them onto a foundation of sorts. Uh, is that what you're doing? You glue them uh, on the edge, or how do you do that? 
No, I actually would put them, glue them together. So you make make a square or a rectangle, which is your foundation. And I okay. suppose you could if you wanted to cut out a block of wood that was your foundation and then glue to the your, uh, your walls to the sides of it, uh, you definitely could. But you, um, do you find out the footprint yeah. of your building and then glue them together to f- beforehand? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And you want to you want to go smaller than the footprint of your building, just a little bit. Yeah. You want, I, you know the. I just I just ran into that with the kid I'm working on right now. It actually, uh, he I guess um to create like a, if it was draining in real life, you wouldn't want your foundation out farther than the building. You would want it like, yeah. a, like a drip yep. edge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's a cool idea. I didn't think about using that. I had this uh, DOS. Uh, DOS makes a modeling clay, and that also hardens up by air eventually. Um, but I, I have a con- uh, bag of that, and I'm going to have to try some of that a little bit. But um, yeah. now, now, when you carve with it, what kind of tools do you use to carve your, uh, you know, your feature features into it? Uh, you know, I really I tend to just go with an exacto knife. Okay. Do yeah, you um uh, just to carve it? Do you uh when so you're painting you're painting it with just your acrylic paints, um which yes. you you did mention earlier. Now when you're weathering it, uh because it is a clay, do you treat it any differently? Do you use washes or you just stick to uh do you stick to uh, your your chalk pastels? No, when, when you know when you bake it, it gets pretty hard. So I just tend to go with. You know, straight acrylic paint on it, and then go back and weather it with uh, the pastel chalks. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Oh, just good. use the chalks just to fill in the darker areas and get get it um, yeah. a little more depth. Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So you know, on a stone wall, I know I did one on a on a building where uh, I had some of the foundation cracking and chipping away and once you bake that it is super hard uh, but you it is possible to go back in and chip away um some of it you know to give it cracks and make it look like it's crumbling so right so there's like two prime examples that Jason just gave us as to, you know, using foundation with the foam. And then again, with the, uh, with the Sculpey, uh, with modeling clay type of thing. And, and, uh, that's now one of the things I've done in the past is, and I'm sure we've all done it to some degree. I didn't think of doing either of those two things. And I made foundations in the past with some buildings where I have used strip wood, uh, thicker, thicker, heavier strip wood. Um, maybe half inch thick, and um, and then cut brick seating and and apply them to the you know the framework of my foundation uh, sure. to give a brick uh, a brick face on it. Um, that's another yeah. option that you could do as well. The only yeah. problem with that, the only problem that I found with the plastic brick seating is when you want to match up joints. At the at the corners and uh, trying to get them to to match up and and that can get a little tricky. You can do it, but it, you really got to play around with it. And and yep, uh, you do so with yep. with your way, it would be less. You would have to fool with all that. So sure, 
Yeah. And I'm surprised how many kids don't come with foundations. You can add foundations to almost every kit that's out. And you have to then obviously put stairs going up to any doors or a ramp that's going up to, uh, you know, like garage doors that open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you can add foundations to so many structures. I, honestly, and I never yeah. even, I, until just now, I never really even noticed that most of the kits that we do don't have don't. foundations. I, I, yeah. I'm just looking, I'm literally sitting in the, I'm looking at all of the kits piled up. We have, they're all sitting on top of the, of our layout right now. And I'm thinking, Holy cow. I don't have like, they look, they look naked now without foundations. Well, because when, I was just gonna, because yeah. when you're driving, when you're driving through a town or you're driving through most any area, Every building. The brick, has. the brick doesn't just end yep. at, at the. The brick doesn't end at the land. There's always a. Or yeah. The, the building doesn't just stop when the ground starts. There's always a little bit yep. above the ground. Yep. And I'm guessing a lot of kit manufacturers don't do that because they probably figure some of your better modelers are gonna are gonna probably put the foundations on. They're gonna put a foundation. Sure. You know, and each foundation may have to work differently due to your terrain. Uh, of your layout, yep. so like uh-huh. like right now we're doing this city where it goes uphill from the harbor up to the top of the to the top of the city, and we're gonna have to put some buildings in at you know going uphill. We're gonna be using to, a know, lot of sculpt the streets, and we are. We're gonna build. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna build foundations onto all those to make them fit into the hillside, and uh-huh. uh, that, and, and it, it's tricky to do. Especially if you're trying to get it to match up with a, a street that's going uphill, um, but yeah. um, you know, but we can't let our structures go uh, right now without foundations. We're going to need to put them on because they're with anything that's on a hillside, you're going to have exposed exposed foundation sides. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I'll I'll tell you a neat trick that I use. If I have a structure with a foundation that's completely put together, painted, weathered, and ready to place on the layout is I wrap the bottom of the structure um, with clear cellophane Hmm. or like saran wrap, just clear saran wrap. That way, when you're uh, going to place it, and say you have plaster around it that's wet, when you sink that into that plaster and then let it set up and then pull it away, you're not getting any plaster on your finished model because there's the saran wrap or plastic wrap, you know, on your model covering it. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, that is. Then you just just lift it off the the cured... um, plaster and yep. now you have your footprint to work with exactly yep huh uh, yeah yeah that's a great idea so see now we're, we're getting ideas for our layout here yeah I, i'll tell you what i'll tell you what every time that well now every time this is the second time both times we've had jason on i've definitely stepped up my my game with uh with model with modeling uh yeah, just with tiny little things I've learned from you, and and uh, this is a, yeah, this is too, a, this is a winner. So I appreciate yeah. that. One. <laughs> that is that, that's so awesome to hear because that's really just 
what I want to do is, you know, share what I know. And, you know, uh, I think if everyone did that, um, man, we would be in such a better place. <laughs> well, that's what this podcast is about. Is yeah. So we could all share yeah. anything we have. We, we and, and you listeners out there, I encourage you, if you have tips and stuff, please, please, we, just by typing them out or sending them to us an email or or sending us a you Facebook know, message. Yeah. Not even get, that. Let us know. Don't even do that. Just sh- sh- write it on our Facebook page so everyone can see it. Yeah. And we will definitely yeah. talk about it and share it here on the on the show. We'll but, mention that but, you've brought it up. But no, that that's an awesome tip, Jason. And I know we're getting ready to uh, we're getting ready to set some buildings on our hillside as we're we have our our foams all down, everything's ready to roll. We're we're we're, we're at the point where we're ready to put the city in. And uh, I know the last we have, time, we have to carve we have to carve the foam up a right. But bit. Yeah, but yeah. we're at the but we're we're putting we're. We're figuring out where we want buildings, and I know right. the last time yeah. that you and I were down, the last time my dad and I were down here working on it, that was the one dilemma was, well, how are we going to mark these buildings out? Once you put, you can draw on Sharpie on the foam and carve it out, but once you put plaster down, you lose all that, you lose all the, um, yeah, all the pencil yep. and pen marks you put down where you're going to put your buildings. So that's that's an awesome idea, and and it's it's cheap. It doesn't, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can go get a just a roll of plastic wrap or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I stumbled onto that trick because I've had clients who um, buy ready-built structures, right? And and then they want me to place them on the layout and make it look like you know it's set in the ground and kind of sunk in and with everything around it. So I would wrap the structure with saran wrap and then sink it down into the plaster and then let it, let it get hard before I removed it. And, uh, that way you don't get any, you don't mess up the model. So. Well, I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Now cool. on your, on, on foundations and such, but not so much the foundations. Well, we, yeah. Um, what we're going to, we want to talk to about, you know, putting your buildings and finding places for your buildings uh, on your on your layout. When you do that, do you on your models? Do you put down a uh, like a pad where you know right where that's going to go? You level it out and you put it where you want it to go with a foundation at all. Um, mm-hmm. Do you put like a, do you pre lay out a pad for it and then build the scenery around it after you? Yeah, uh, let's say after I, you press I, it? I normally. Yeah, I normally do. I normally on my layout, I plan it out, so right, it's all pre-planned and drawn out. And, sure. Uh, so, yeah. And then when when you do that, um, like you said, you pre you press it into the plaster. Now you're talking about the plaster of your foundation, right? Or the pl- yeah. Pl- yes, okay. Well, the the yeah the like what will eventually be like the dirt that is around okay. the building. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I got you. Uh, and then, of course, you want to add stuff to it. You know, if you have a a foundation that's made of you know cement, brick, you're going to want some little foliage, uh, you know, green weeds or whatever growing up the side of it. Right. Right. Um, sure. This, yeah. I mean, that kind of plants it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, now, yeah, just little details like that. 
when you when you put when you put your buildings onto your layout, one of the things that we're doing right now is we talked about it on the last show uh, with uh, George and and Steve. Um, we talked about uh, they 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 did some beautiful backgrounds in Pennsylvania on their on their wall background wall. And they have uh, you know their hill goes from front to back of the back of their layout uh, in elevation, uh, low to high from front front to back. And ours is a little different. Um, is that it's an urban scene and it's three. Our layout is three sixty. Yeah, we don't have. So a you're going to be able, no backdrop. So we're walking all the way around this layout. Um, so our our backdrop is the center of our city, which rises in the center, uh, or yeah. or tall or taller buildings. So we want the taller yeah. buildings in the center. That's how we're placing them on. It's going to give it a really cool effect. Uh, is, that means from all angles, whatever you look at, in, in the center part of our layout will be your tallest buildings, your highest elevations, um, and that's that. That is essentially our backdrop is 3D center of the center of the layout. Um, but so we understand how we're 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 putting our structures in. But in an urban scene, we're talking putting these buildings are tightly packed. So we have some short ones, some small ones sitting in front of medium sized ones. And you'll have one big one and then you'll put a small one next to that. You're using the different, um, I guess they would be roof lines or edge edges of the roofs uh, for, for a different dramatic effect on how we do it. It's very randomized. Uh, 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 where do buildings go when you put place them on your layout, or when you place them onto a layout? Well, you know, uh, I move them around a lot. It was funny. I was at a client's house today, um, just doing trees, planting trees on the layout, <laughs> and uh, I don't even know how many times I walked around that layout. I mean, it was just unreal because you want to see it from every angle. You want to make sure that the, the trees are placed uh, where it looks good from every angle. Right. So, um, yeah, because I think if you just work right in front of you, that may look great. But then if you just go to the right and look at it at an angle, uh, mm-hmm. it, it might not be as dramatic. So, right. Um, it really, it's just, um, I know I have a city on my layout, and when I was doing it, um, I had tons of little blocks of wood that I was stacking and then putting the structures on top of that to give me different heights mm-hmm. and just different different views. Uh, and you just keep playing around with it, and then once you get that, I guess then you, you know, you can go back and sort of do your foundation and your land form right. around. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's generally what we've been doing is you now we have a Harbor is primarily, and it's pretty, it's pretty done. The Harbor's, I mean, we got, we have small little itty bitty details to add to everything and, and, um, you know, some, some more, uh, vegetation, that type of thing to put around the rock areas and things. But for the most part, uh, we have it about 
done. With water's in, it all works. And we have some of the structures already in place. It's looking yeah, the, really nice. The harbor is the so, most complete part of our whole layout. So right. So wow. we look we look at that and we look at up from the harbor uphill. So once you get off the harbor, it starts to gradually, slowly go uphill. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a good what eight six eight inches, Brett. No, not not yeah. real high. It's that's, medium low. That's, yeah, that's about right. And as as it does, it gradually goes up towards the center of the whole main section of the layout. Um, what we were doing was we were placing buildings on because they're going to go uphill, and the, 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 the buildings will line the side of the street on each side of the street going up the hill. But a lot of ours have signs on them, uh, big, you know, big painted on signs on some of the buildings. Um, uh-huh. Some of them have billboards, that type of thing. And what we would do is from the harbor, we would get down low and look from the, from the harbor level from our eyesight, what it would look like if you were actually in, at the harbor looking uphill as to how the buildings and the signage all you know, would look and we'd be moving structures from one place to another, you know, and, you know, yeah. just trying different, different, you know, we had what 50 structures and we're, <laughs> we're moving them all around, trying to figure out which one's <laughs> going to look best where, yeah. but it's the same thing yeah. that you were saying. You, you know, we had, we would do that from one angle. Then we go to another angle. Then we went to the opposite side of the layout away from the Harbor and looked from that direction. You want to try and get a perspective, I think on all on all the angles, like you were saying. Yeah. And, yep, and you'll find out what looks best and what, you know, it's, it, it's almost an artist's eye that you, you need to look at it from an artist's point of view. Um, and, you know, or trying to, you know, I think what, um, we talked about, well, we didn't, we didn't talk about, but there's that Kathy Malott that does uh, the videos. You've seen her stuff and, uh, from Great yeah. Britain. And uh, yep. amazing stuff. And then, do you ever notice in a lot of her videos, she does a thing where she shrinks herself down and, <laughs> yep. and puts her into her own little fantasy world. Some of them are just ridiculously yep. funny. Um, but um, I think she has a great idea there. We have to we have to view ourselves in miniature, uh, looking yeah. on the scene. And um, you yep. can't just look down on one little area and think, oh, that's going to look awesome. Because when you look at it from another angle, like you said, it may look goofy. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, another another good trick to to help with that is to take your cell phone and just start taking pictures all mm-hmm. around it. And then just look at the pictures on your phone. And... Uh, uh, it just it's different rather than looking at it in person to look yep. at a picture on the phone right um it'll really you'll know whether something needs to be moved or if a hole needs to be filled in um man exactly it'll right. really pop up on a picture yeah 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 we did that it was when we were moving the buildings Brett was like we got to start taking pictures of this stuff. So, <laughs> so we were getting down low with our camera and taking the pictures at all these different angles. And, and uh, you're right. And and that's a tool that, that's a tool that everybody, most everybody has a cell phone. Yeah. You can take photos yep. and then right there it is for you. And even on your modeling desk on, on your workbench, um, you know, that camera, if I'm working on a regular structure, I just taking mm-hmm. pictures just so I can zoom in on them and see stuff that I can't see with my eyes. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yep. and, you know, 
like, let's say I put together a nice model. I think it looks cool. And after I'm done doing it, I take some photos and I zoom in. I'm going, oh, wow, I missed that. You know, I didn't catch this. And what if I put this, I post this online, like we post a lot of our photos online. What if somebody takes it and zooms in on it and they're going to go, oh, that looks like garbage, you know? So, (laughs) yeah, so I I become self-conscious and aware of it because of, uh, you know, but the the nice thing is that the camera catches what a lot of things that the eyes can't do that. And uh, and it's it's an already available tool. Yep. But, yeah, I think having a no. Facebook page has made me a better modeler because I know that everything has to be photographed mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it better look good on that photograph <laughs> that I'm going to post. So it's definitely forced me to to really go in and, and make sure I get all the little details. Yeah. So. Yeah, like I said, I've missed stuff already. I've missed boards that I have failed to paint. You've you've also I thought I had painted them. You've also you've also found things that were mispainted. Yes, yeah, like a clapboard siding from one corner to the next <laughs> of the building. It was tattooed, <laughs> and I had one one clapboard slat higher than the other ones painted. Yeah, and and I put it up there, and a non-modeler friend of mine that I work with looked at it uh, when I posted. And he goes, he doesn't even know anything about my railroad, and he's going. He called me on my phone at like midnight. That night. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's a he's a very OCD, so that bothered him that it was like one slat off on the clapboard. <laughs> and, and I never even picked it up. I was like embarrassed. So I was at midnight on a work night. I'm at, I I was so bothered by it. I came in here and I repainted that one slat to raise it up to the other ones. And, and I'm sitting here like twelve thirty at night doing that. And, but um. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that. That's you know, the cameras. The camera's a wonderful tool. So, um, yeah, yep. Now, when you do this, is off the topic of of the foundations. Well, it's kind of it's kind of the same because we're for us. It's uh, it's just something I'm in, intrigued by. When you do when you do like uh, your roads, like concrete roads, or do you like macadam roads? What do you like to do when you when you're because you know, your roads help decide where a lot of your structures will go. Yeah. Yeah, um, man, that's a whole nother topic. Yeah, <laughs> I've done so we'll many save that different. Topic. Okay. <laughs> well, we save that topic so we can prepare yeah, for it. That's uh, another one. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Never mind yeah. on that one. Skip that, people. Um, but you let's know. let's uh, let's let's switch over to um, his roofing material, that, like you had talked okay. about earlier, because that that's that's a little bit different than the foundations, but it's it's something that I see each modeler has their own cool um unique touch on roofs and it and it uh you know it i just i find i like the different styles of roofs i tend to lean towards the metal roofing i just have a fascination with rusty metal roofs and i love it but uh-huh. uh, i know everyone sure. has their own little techniques so let's switch over to that for a couple minutes yeah i like that idea Good sure idea. yeah yeah so, um, so yeah, i think roofs are so important because that's what you're looking at. I apologize Most to Jason. Most people, I, I have to. I have, one second. I have to apologize for my, if 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 it bothers you that our pronunciation of roofs or roofs or however any, <laughs> I've noticed that. <laughs> okay, I've noticed in it, the east. I think it I, said. Roofs I a think lot. we pronounce it with like almost like with a V, and it, and it 
And uh, I've noticed a couple people now on our podcast who pronounce roofs differently. <laughs> so uh, our lazy, okay. the lazy Eastern pronunciation is uh, is basically R O O V S roofs, but or uh, roofs, yeah. or roofs. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, anyways, let's get back on track. So, um, okay. So, so what's kind of your favorite? What's your techniques here with it? Um, I love using the black construction paper. Um, for either tar paper or, uh, I guess mainly tar paper, right. um, cause you can, you can sand it with a fine sandpaper to rough it up. Um, it takes pastel chalks really well. It definitely holds um, and it holds uh, color good. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, yeah, I love that material. Yeah. So. I've used I've used construction paper a lot, and you can you can even use different color of structure uh, construction paper um, with the you know the reds or the uh, the greens. I, it, you know, it's a almost a, don't use the green on construction paper. It's, all, <laughs> it's almost like Christmas green. It's, you know, fake, it's, it's too fake yeah. looking. You know? Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, now, like on a on a flat, say a flat roof. If you want a, um, I don't know what you would call it. I would take a really fine sandpaper. If you can get a, a black fine sandpaper and actually cut a square of that and glue it right on the roof of the structure and then go in with some gray and brown pastel chalks, uh, I think it look, gives it a real a realistic look. Yeah, because um, your flat your flat roof is going to have a um, a granular type look, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely. Yeah, so yeah, well, and even if you can't find if you can't find black sandpaper, if you have brown sandpaper, just mm-hmm. spray paint it. Yeah, you know, or just use acrylic paint on it mm-hmm. and, and paint it. It's that texture that you're wanting. So, right, and I've I've used regular. I've used construction paper a lot, but I've taken just plain old copy paper and painted it and just cut it into strips, and uh, yeah, that works. Usually, I'll do that yeah. when I when I do a red roof or a um, or a green roof. Uh, I will use the copy paper because then you get a. The only downside about using a white copy paper is that when you do. Um, and you match your edges up on it, or if you overlap them. Yep. Once you, um, once you, and when you cut it, it has that white edge. Yep. You got to go, with a you gotta go and back through the white edges. You got to go back through and correct it. Yeah, that sucks. Yep. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another a cool detail, if you want to add some detail on a rooftop, is to take um, the clear plastic model glue. The testers clear, you know, uh-huh. model glue for yeah. putting plastic kits together. That really stinks. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, well, um, the kind you, in the red tube there. You, yeah, yep, exactly. Um, pour that, make a puddle on your rooftop, and it'll look like at some point maybe it rained and there's a puddle still left because it'll dry glossy. Huh. Yeah, and hard as a rock. And then... And then yeah, and then just put some pigeons. Maybe put three <laughs> pigeons around that puddle like they're trying to drink some water from it. Uh, oh, that's, that's a, a really good cool idea. Detail. 
That's a really yeah. cool idea. Hey, Brett, I got some don't, pigeons. Don't, if you use, want don't use Todd's handmade seagulls. <laughs> no, I got regular. I got some pigeons, some bats. Yeah, don't use seagulls. Yeah, it'll look like a raccoon. It'll look like a raccoon party up there, man. <laughs> no, but that's that's an awesome idea. I I uh I never yeah. even thought of putting puddles on a roof. That's that's something that we're all too familiar yeah. with here in the East as it hasn't stopped raining in a, in two months, but, but, uh, uh-huh. um, no, that's, that's a really good idea. I never thought about using the testers glue. I went out and bought the AK, uh, puddles, acrylic, uh, for the eight, the dioramas from AK interactive. They have a little bottle yeah. of stuff. You do. It's called puddles. And I've used that. And it does turn out awesome, but it's kind cool. of, here's the downside of that. The downside of that is it's it's like this greenish gel, and it just looks like snot. <laughs> and it, it does. I mean, well, I, you got to kind of add some color to it. But um, that's a great idea with the testers. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. That's and man, it's really pretty inexpensive to buy a tube of that, and it'll yeah. last you forever. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then um, use a no, drinking I'm the sucker straw. Eleven dollars for a bottle. Of <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, use uh, drinking straws or stir straws, like the coffee stir mm-hmm. straws, you know, and just make little uh, like little smokestacks or little pipes that are coming off of the top of the roof. Yeah, I've, um, I've done that too. I think Brett has as well. Yeah. That's a that's a great idea. I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool little things you can do with that. Um, even add, it's even at simple to add like a um, one of those stairwell things. What do they call those things? You put the it's on top of the roof. It's a like a little yeah, small yeah. structure, like a roof access. Yeah, roof access. It's yep. easy to put a roof yeah. access on top of a building. You don't Actually, have to be a master modeler to do that. You, uh, you can you can put a roof access on most most buildings. With the scrap that you get when you when you have a uh, a wall that's cut out, so yeah. I know I know yeah, now now some of the kit manufacturers don't give you the um like well I, I know some of the uh, the FOS kits or the you know the Foscale kits they'll give you yeah. the uh, they'll give you the wall that's cut into the rectangular piece and you have like the scrap pieces around the the sides and right. often with that there's enough scrap wood to cut like an angular piece to make a roof access so you don't even have to buy yeah, definitely. you don't have to buy a roof access the only thing you need to do is is find a door off a plastic door off of another off, yeah. off an old kit or something and and kit bash it to make a little tiny roof access yeah and the roof yeah, is simple definitely. just got use a piece of small piece of cardboard make a roof on it and yeah. put it on top uh put some yep. roof pa- roofing paper on top of that and you're set i mean yep yeah yeah, that's, that's a great idea. Um, I always wish there was a company that made a lot of uh, roof antennas. You know, if you model, like, say, the 50s, yeah. every roof is going to have an antenna on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a good idea. You don't see you don't, you don't see it very often at all in, no. in modeling. Nope. I guess because you're not available that much. And, yeah. I almost, I almost yep. feel like you'd have to resort to just making your own out of, like, wire or, or some scrap pieces or something. I, I think so, yeah. Yep. Huh. Yeah, that sounds like a tedious mess. I know. That doesn't sound good <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. 
Yeah, that's another one of those nights where I'm sitting in here swearing at my <laughs> swearing at my bottle. I can feel it now. Your text, you, you'll be you'll be sending me pictures all night of the mess ups you did yeah, all night. Son of a, <laughs> son of a gun, you know. But uh, you know, yeah. the, the uh, another thing I like to do with um my um the tops of my roof when I do a roofing paper, not always, but to really make them look like they're beat. Um, I will put the, you know, the roofing paper on and then I will, especially if it's construction paper, I'll jack it up with the edge of a, yes. uh, I'll use the back end of a, of, uh, the, the I use exacto the, knife, I use back the, end of my tweezers. I use the square exacto uh-huh. knife. Yeah. The square exacto knife. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Or the back end of the tweezers, that rounded part is just dull and I'll push it and wrinkle it all up in the spots and uh, make it look like it's, you know, or or even just take the, the tweezers themselves and pick away at, like, little spots and make it look like the, the it's been beat up or torn up. Yeah. And, and then yep. I'll take some, some paint, uh, some acrylic paint, uh, maybe like a dirty, grimy black color, and I will just kind of, you know, touch up the edges on it, you know, um, yeah. where, where, you know, you might discolor from pulling it apart. And uh, yeah. that tends to really make a really nice bitched up roof, you know. I, it, it, oh, cool. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things to do for a roof, and I've only I've done it a handful of times, is actually um, uh, masking tape roof. And um, oh yeah. So what I'll do, and I've only ever done it on my scratch builds. I've 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 not done it uh, on a kit because typically the kits will come with black construction excuse me, black construction paper or another roofing material. But mm-hmm. what I like to do with my a couple scratch builds I've done was uh, cut the cut the cardboard. I'll cut cardboard to the size and shape that I need to fit it onto the roof. And I will actually, before putting it on top of the building, I'll lay the uh, masking tape down in strips. And I'll either, no I'll either, I'll, I'll, before even painting it, I'll just have the bare cardboard and I'll put the masking tape down in strips to simulate shingles or um, obviously it's a narrow, a more narrow strip for a shingle, but uh, also yeah. uh, a wider strip for something kind of like um, uh, tar paper, like a tar paper roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. uh, and then I'll take a Zacto knife and I'll cut the texture of the ends of the tar paper because the tar paper isn't going to span the entire roof. Typically it'd yeah. be a long piece of, uh, in in yeah. to scale the right, long right. piece of tar paper, but I'll I'll cut uh-huh. the I'll cut the the sections down and then rough it up like my dad said with a Zacto knife or a tweezers or whatever I need, um, and then what I'll do is once it's roughed up to the way I want it, but it's still that masking t- tape color, I'll just go downstairs and spray paint it flat black, and uh, then the whole roof section is now flat black and ready to weather. Once it's glued onto the building and it's it's already roughed up, yeah. it's already done the way it is, and I think the masking tape is a I don't know, it's just a cool, quick way to get a roof done relatively fast. And, and it had already yeah. has stick, sticky stuff to it, so you're not making a mess with glue right, yeah, or anything right. else. Um, and and I it, did it, and I'll just the, take I'll just take the sides of my knife and just kind of peel the corners up of the if it's a shingle. To, Especially if it's a shingle, I'll, I'll peel the corners up of it. Or if it's a, a tar paper roof, I'll put some uh, uh, little crinkles or little defects in a, in an older roof, or um, you know, just a couple little creases or something to make it look like it wasn't 
you know it's it's yeah. aging or it's starting to peel up a little bit and i think it i've done it on a few kits and i i love doing it i wish i had done it more on some other kits but um i got some more stuff to build That's so great. i'll do it again yeah cool man yeah, no, um around the pipes or around chimneys you know it'll have like a tar a black tar yep. yeah and i make black tar by uh, white Elmer's glue and black acrylic paint. And I just mix them together. Yep. And then and then paint it on or use a toothpick and and put it on that way. Yeah, I've I done that, that too. That looks awesome. A cool detail. Yeah. It definitely gives that tar look when you're done. And uh, I've done uh, it on, on billboards that sit on roof. Um, there, I've done it right where the legs of each billboard, uh, each leg comes down from the billboard. I've, oh yeah. I've taken a, take, I've done it and taken a paintbrush and put it on. And then I forgot to clean the paintbrush after I put it around <laughs> each leg and I sat it off to the side. You might as well kiss that damn thing goodbye. It's done. Yeah. Uh, once yeah, that dries, right. once that Elmer glue dries in there, man, it's a, it, your paintbrush is ruined. And um, yeah. so if, if you yeah. do that, yeah, use a crappy one. But uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's a, that's that's another moment where you just go, okay, that was a dumb thing. Hey, you've been modeling how long and forget to clean out your brush, you know? And uh, yeah, but. Yeah, every now and then I'll leave a brush. It's not often, but every now and then I'll leave a brush sit, and it's like you get downstairs and it's yep. right. I'll come back down to the basement where I'm working on it. And I'll go. I, it's you know, it's a heartbreaking moment because it's usually your better brush because you you know you walk away yeah. for a little bit and I'll get distracted and I won't come down for a couple hours and I'm like, oh no, like oh that that was such a yep. good brush. Yep. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, it happens to everybody, I think. Yeah. Now, on the edges, another thing I'd like to do on the roofs is on the roof or roof or roughs. I like to take, um, <laughs> uh, I like to take the uh, at the very edges. Sometimes I'll leave a little tar paper hang over the edge at certain spots, and yeah. then I then I will try and I I will actually. Take my tweezers and pull and tug at them a little bit to rough them up, and it makes it look uh-huh. like, hey, it's it's kind of come up from the end down there a little bit, you know, and it's like hanging. Um, I've done that a little bit too, and uh, that sometimes gives a neat effect. Not much, you're only coming out over the edge of the uh, of the uh, the edge of the roof about maybe oh a sixteenth of an inch, and sure. yeah, and, uh, it, it does a pretty it does a Real, it's a neat little effect if you can toy around with it, and I think we all have our little secrets. And that's what's that's what's cool about tonight is we're we got three modelers sitting around here and talking about cool stuff that they can do. And this is a this is one of the better type of this is what I want to get into a little bit with with this yeah, cool. podcast. Uh, it, it, this is really fun tonight. Um, yeah. So. Well, we covered a lot of that, and we're gonna we're gonna step away from it for a moment, and we're gonna talk about your tool. Uh, everybody has a tool. We always usually like to pick something that we've been you know, recently working with. And um, do you have a tool for us, Jason? That you it's, like to use a lot? So that's what this is, is our this is our this is our tool of the week section uh, session. Yes. Well, I, I don't know. I guess it's a tool, but 
something I've been using a lot lately are different types of sponges, uh, makeup sponges. You can go to Walmart and go to the cosmetic section mm-hmm. and buy a whole bag of little sponges that women use to apply makeup. <laughs> the white, and the white wedges. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're all over my yeah. bathroom counter. And, yeah. <laughs> and it, what I think what's cool to do is take one of those wedges and tear it, tear it into pieces, tear it in half. That way it gives it a, uh, an uneven texture when you tear it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like for rust, um, you know, if you dip that sponge into some rust-colored paint and then dab it off on a piece of paper and then go in on your barrel or your pipe and, you know, dab that on there, it just leaves a really cool, unique texture. Um, it's kind of like dry brushing, but with a sponge, and yeah. you're leaving these cool little details that would take you weeks to do by hand with a, a paintbrush, but yeah. by using this sponge with a texture, and there's other different sponges too. Um, uh, another good sponge is um, if you go to a fabric store and get the sponge that they use like for seat cushions, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and tear tear that up and do the same thing, but all different types of sponges, and it'll give you amazing details. Uh, oh yeah. So, and there's a million applications for them when you're painting. I mean, it's just it, it, yeah. each one each one offers something different, which is cool. We we yep. both Brett and I both use a lot of sponges. I like the ones that are on sticks that women. Uh, well, not I shouldn't yeah. say women. I shouldn't categorize it as women. <laughs> But uh, they use for stenciling uh, the the yep. phone, different size phone brushes. Now the only downside about yep. that is, is that when you do do that, you gotta you, you gotta you can't over. And I guess that's with any sponge, you can't overpress. Um, but if you yeah. if you just dab it lightly, if you dab it too hard with them, you get these goofy round circles. They look like uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the aliens came yeah. down and put like circles on your walls. It looks like crop circles. Yeah, crop circles on your walls. Yeah. So, but um, <laughs> I've had but yeah, like for a peeled a peeled paint effect, those are great. Yeah. Totally. Um, Yep. So yeah, definitely. Cool. So what's your so tool, sponges guys? are awesome. My tool yep. is uh, I I was going to talk about it last week and we ran we didn't have time. Well, we had a guest and then the week before didn't have time to do tools. No. So that, um, that was good. Spring clips. Uh, spring clips. Uh, pale ale. Pale ale. Is that? A pale ale? That's a tool. Yeah, I actually have an IPA here right now. Um, but it's uh, it. I did, uh, Jason. I did one week use a bottle opener. I have a bottle opener here, and I I keep it up on my magnet. Um, I, I have a magnet thing that holds all my tools. That was up, your up, tool up, of the week. One week. It was. It was my tool of my week. Was the uh, the bottle opener. Wow. And uh, but this week is the spring clamps. 
And uh, they're just okay. the little plastic spring clamps. You can pick them up at, like, Harbor Freight or hardware stores. And they come in, like, a big tube. I think at Harbor Freight, you get, like, like 40 of them for, for a dollar. Four, four, yeah, like, <laughs> $4.99. Or and half of, them will, half of them will explode the first time you pick them, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, they do. The little itty-bitty ones are nice, but do you, they don't you, have anything to them. And they, Jason, they have a part in their hands. Jason, do you guys have, you have Harbor Freight out that way, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So you're familiar with the uh, the what you get is what you pay for at Harbor Freight. <laughs> so so half yeah. the, half the clamps half the clamps will explode on the first pinch, and the other half will last you for twenty years. But but they're yeah. great, and I, I I like them for when I when I need to glue together um, strip wood, uh, one size strip wood on top of another piece of strip wood, uh, or when I want to put strip wood onto the side of a, uh, of a larger board or a wall, um, I will, you know, before I assemble it, um, I will use the clamps to hold it down nice and tight. So all my corners and everything. Now there's some places that spring clamps won't fit. I mean, just simply because of the angle. Um, but I do, I use these pretty heavy, and and I got like like fifty of them <laughs> all, all attached to the side of my workbench here. I can just reach down and grab one right away. But um, they're really nice, and they they're, it's a nice tight. They're, they're the plastic ones are really cool. I'm playing with one of my hands. It's probably making all kinds of noise here, but um. Uh, I, I'm one of those visualized guys, and I I, I talk about it, but I got to be holding the damn thing in my hand to actually be talking about it, like, like a child. Okay, but but it's um, the uh, the spring clamps are nice, but they they have just the right amount of tension on them. Um, these these cheaper plastic ones that they're not gonna they're not gonna put marks and stuff on your on your boards unless of course you're using balsa wood which I can't use I will just I will lose my mind if I use balsa wood on anything <laughs> uh, because it just it it splits and cracks and uh, it's awful but so are these clamps like the old clothes pins that have the, yeah. the spring what yeah okay yeah they're they're not shaped like a they're they're basically a clothes pin but uh they're not they're not they're bigger around they're they're kind of they, they, they got they're a wider throw a little bit of a different angle than a clothes pin so you can right. i think you can open them a little bit wider than a traditional clothes pin but Clothes pins do not work for me. They, they, those things. Uh, actually, oh you know what? The only thing I found, I, I have clothes pins actually glued to my workbench. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I use them to clip instructions to my work. So I have, oh, yeah. My workbench is, I handmade mine. It's all wood. But I have an, I have an upright on the back of my workbench where I have all my tools hanging. But I have um, some two by fours uh, as support. Where I actually wood glued the the clothespins to the workbench, and I when I'm opening when I'm working on a kit or I'm, I'm opening a kit up, I take all the instructions out and I actually clothespin them to my bench, so they're all hanging in front of me uh, to to see oh, wow. to see as I'm working, and they're not like laid on the laid underneath things, and they're you know underneath this pile and that pile, and once I get to working, they don't get lost. Or they're, they're hiding, or they're hiding the part you're looking for. Right. It, so there's nothing so worse I, than having that <laughs> instruction that you're looking at that instruction, and you're looking at your workbench and going, I can't find the part. I can't find the part. <laughs> it's, it's underneath, underneath the paper. <laughs> no. So so actually, I use clothespins. I use clo- and this isn't this isn't my tool of the week, but I use clothespins to hang my instructions. Um, upright on the back part of my workbench where the tools hang 
uh, as I'm working. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I actually cool. like it. It's it's nice because I got a I got a light right in front of them. They're lit well. I can read them. I don't have to have them laid out on the side or you know getting covered in paint and stuff. And I like having them up in front. Yeah, of Yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah. So my tool, cool. I'm gonna work over to my tool in a week. Uh, that was that was kind of my. That's my mini tool of the week. I'll have two tools of the week. The first one is a wooden clothespins. You can glue them to your workbench. And when they, and then I found the nice thing is eventually when you use them enough, they, they do, they do the spring will bust on them or something will happen. And I just pop them off and glue a new one on there. So, uh, I've only had a couple break, but you just, whatever, you just go up, get my, get my wife's laundry bin and, yeah. and glue another one on. Uh, she's got 600 of them. She'll never know that one's missing. But, uh, <laughs> you steal everything from that woman, man. Oh, I got it. I, I took the, I got, I caught hell for taking the, the food processor and using it to make ground foam that day. But we won't go there anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I ruined the cheese grater. So oh, don't do yeah. it. Okay. Anyway, so, so my, my, my tool of the week is, uh, Listen, she doesn't listen, so thankfully I don't get in too much trouble. She doesn't listen to the podcast more than – she won't listen to an hour and 37 minutes of it, so we're safe. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but uh, my tool of the week is the uh, – I have a, a needle file kit that I got. I think I got it at Harbor Freight as well, but I know they saw – I saw them at uh, Home Depot. It's like the the Husky brand, uh, uh, which is like Lowe's. Lowe's has Cobalt. Home Depot has Husky. But uh, the Husky brand it has a, a needle file set and a real small, like, pen-sized uh, file set. And I've actually used it on the kit that I was talking about earlier, the Tucker Factory, this past week because the angles of the buildings were so precise that I had to have a match where um, the only thing I found that was wor- that would work well was this small file set just to get everything to the right angle that I needed to um, fit it together. So this mm-hmm. week I was using mm-hmm. my needle file set a lot, and I think I picked it up for I don't know. It was like it's like two or three bucks at Home Depot. I know they have them at Harbor Freight yeah. too, but uh, just a very small pen file, pen size file set, and that's I've been using it a bunch this week. So that's that's my tool. I use it a lot too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, yeah. I find them. I find it also really nice to use a a, a very small file with a. And they have a nice handle on them, so it's not like you're just grabbing the metal, the big metal file, uh, the old school metal file. I, I also find them nice for two other things. I, I, I like them for small detail parts that have the spurs left over where I don't necessarily want to use like a big piece of sandpaper. And um, yeah. I also like them for when I'm – well, when we're, when we're relaying track again for the second time and you have to cut a piece of track <laughs> – if you don't cut the track a hundred percent square, your the needle files are nice, especially that there's one that's more flat, and you can yeah. just get in there and grind that small piece of track down flat to meet the other piece of track that's already square. So right. uh, I yep, I use definitely. them I use them pretty hard, and I actually um, I've been using them a lot this week on this kit. So that's my tool of the week. Cool, cool. So, well, that was a heck of a show. I think we covered just about everything we wanted to cover. Um, I love the interaction of this style of show. This is something we need to look at doing more often. Jason, I, I again appreciate you being here uh, with us and joining us again. And we're going to have you on uh, again in the future. Uh, we want to keep 
bringing you on from time to time and and doing this and uh would love to love to do that yeah uh, i think uh, yeah i i look forward to it uh, i think this is great <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had a lot of laughs, and uh, oh, real quick before we before we wrap it up, um, tomorrow night, which is tonight, uh, well, actually it'll be well, Wednesday no. night at yeah. midnight. It'll actually be Friday, so it's already passed. And we'll know who the winner <laughs> is by that point. But it's the contest. It wraps up Wednesday night, uh, and we will have a contest winner for you. Um, so on Friday, uh, you get online. You, If you haven't heard or haven't looked at our website, we'll have the contest winner. Our contest wraps up Wednesday night at midnight. So actually, the contest will be over, and we'll have a winner. Uh, please check it out. We've had some amazing um, people that, you know, not a lot. We've had, you know, maybe five or six entries that I know of uh, so far. That's plenty. Um, That's good and, for yeah, us. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, we're going to we're gonna judge them and check them out and uh, put, a, put a winner up, and the person can either get the T-shirt and a coffee mug, or they, they can get those two items together, or they can trade that in for, uh, be, we'll, like, make, let's make a deal, and we'll uh, <laughs> give them a sweatshirt, you know? So uh, they can have the sweatshirt. A hoodie. Box, a hoodie. It's a hoodie. Yeah, and box number two is a hoodie. It's a hoodie sweatshirt. So, um, cool. yeah, definitely that, that the contest is going to be wrapping up on Wednesday night, which we're recording tuesday so uh that's that'll be uh uh it'll be over congratulations whoever won yeah congratulations to the winner it was a that's a kick-ass building you made there (laughs) i'm like you know right now i um and uh yeah i i appreciate everyone's feedback we've been getting a lot um we've been getting a lot of you know, good luck. Li- we're getting rid of it. Spit it out, Brett. We've been getting a ton of traffic on our Facebook page and our website recently. Um, you know, we, we did take a little bit of a snooze on the blog. We apologize. Uh, this past week, we've been cranking out a lot more blog content. So that's not going to slow down. We had taken a little bit of a siesta on it, and that was our fault. So yeah. we, yep. we will not neglect the blog anymore. Uh, right. That was just a two-week hiatus. For some reason, both of us had things going on, and we didn't have time to hit anything on there. Um, Definitely, while we got them on, uh, people get online. If yes. you haven't seen Jason's stuff, get on Jason Jensen's Trains on on Facebook. Uh, Jason, do you have a web page as well, or just Jason Jensen? Uh, I don't. Just the, uh, yeah, just Facebook. the Facebook page. It's uh, Jason Jensen Trains. Okay, Jason Jensen yep. trains, and there will be and, a link yep. to there will there there will be a link to um, Jason's Facebook page in the description of the podcast. So if you're on iTunes or Google Play oh, awesome. or spot you know Spotify, whatever you're listening to, uh, in the description below the podcast, there'll be a link to Jason's site again. And you people, your listeners, you have to get on there. You got if you haven't seen the stuff. Do yourself a favor. Get on there. See his, see his modeling. It's it, this is some kick ass stuff. It really is, and um, it, he does a good job and um, uh, amazing job. So totally, uh, I know that you have quite a following, Jason, and I'm sure that there probably will be listening. Uh, but you, you do a wonderful job. You're you're very on top of things as far as keeping them, um, you know, keeping something on there all the time for people to check out. I know you said you were busy this last week or two, and you. You do have another yeah. job. I understand that, like the rest of us. Yeah, but uh, you do do a wonderful job. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thanks. Do it's um, inspiring. Do you have anything closing that you wanna you wanna lead out with here, Jason? 
Um, nope. I just look forward to the next podcast. Yeah, I think the next time I think the next time we get you on, which probably won't be as long of a break from the first time we had you on, we'll probably, if you don't mind, we'll probably try to get you on a little quicker um, than the la- than the, than the previous time. You know, the little lap sure. we had here. Yeah, that'd think, be great. Yeah, I think the next time we have you on, we are going to go over kind of what we hinted on this time with. You know, deciding how you put streets down and what you use for your streets. Yeah, and I'm. I'm sure in the meantime, you and I or and my dad will all come up with some other topics on top of that. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely have a content packed full episode with you again. And um, I for our listeners, if if you you know, I'm sure you love Jason's stuff. Last time we had you on the show. Last time we had you on the show. Um, hey, Brett, had, hey Brett. Hey yeah. Brett. You're doing it. Okay, it's hang right on. There start we'll, wait. Max had- we'll wait. We'll wait. Is it better? Yeah, it's better now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Where did it stop? You were saying about um, oh uh, man, I don't know. It was, it was distracting. Uh, you were talking about uh, have next next time we have him okay. on. Okay. Okay. So so the next time we have Jason on, I think we'll we'll go over the roads. Um. We'll we'll talk about how uh, we we touched on it earlier, but about how you place your roads, what you use for materials, uh, how you make your roads, and how you kind of weather them and make them look old and, and whatever they are, whatever time period they are. Uh, we'll go over roads. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably also have some other content. I'm sure you and I and my dad will also come up with a bunch of other topics. It'll be com- It'll be full of content. Just like this week's episode, we'll probably go off with some rabbit trails again like we did this week and last time we had you on the show. And uh, we definitely won't wait as long to have you on again. So I look forward to getting you back on. And um, I know my dad does. Every time we've had an episode with you, uh, well, we we don't know yet for this one. We haven't seen the stats yet. But the first time we had you on, um, it was a pretty popular show and we got a lot of listenership. Cool. From it. So cool. We, uh, we look forward to it. And I think the users, I think the listeners liked it a lot too. Cool. Yeah. And I just yeah, want to thank everyone out there that's, that's listening that um, is uh, hopefully getting some good information from this. I know, <laughs> so. I know the one thing that I took away and I don't want to drone on too long about, you know, with this episode, but the one thing that I took away from the last episode that we did with you was the dry brushing the wall. You had talked about dry brushing, um, the the paint on the wall and doing multiple layers of dry brushing i uh-huh. i have used that now on the last two kits i did and it turned i'm telling you it turned out awesome i never thought about dry brushing multiple layers on i always did my base coat cool. pretty solid and then i would add extra colors on top of that um with uh-huh. a with a base layer of very solid paint and now i've been dry brushing the last two like i said the last two kits i did and probably from here on out most of my other kits and uh i'll tell you what that adds so much more color and so much more depth to the buildings that i right right you should have been there dude you should have been there that night i had the video one and jason was on and i was painting walls and i was trying to recall what what I what what he told us in that video or or in our podcast and i had the live the live remote video going on my with the camera in my workbench, I looked up and there's Jason. His name's on there and he's watching. And, and you're like, stumbling around trying to remember cow, the name. I got of him it. on. 
Yeah, and so I was like, so I'm asking him questions while I'm building. It was like having a tutor at my desk. It was so, it was so cool. Now it was it was a really cool thing. No, I I love and, it. Uh, I love it, and uh, and and I think I've learned. Now, both times we've had you on the show, and I hope our, our listeners have learned, and uh, vice versa. I, you know, I, I, um, I enjoy having you on. I hope maybe you guys, you learn from us a little bit. We learn from you a little bit. Oh, yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and we just, yeah. we just spread the uh, knowledge of this hobby a little more, yep. a little bit more each time. Yep. Definitely. Fantastic. Cool. Well, thank you very much again and uh, we're going to wrap it up so uh, adios everybody have a good night and have a great and one and, and happy model. real quick before we head out make sure yes. you always as usual hit up our Facebook page uh, HO Scale Customs on Facebook Instagram Twitter we're on Twitter I've been more active on Twitter I know my dad sorry Todd you don't understand he doesn't understand Twitter very much but I've been tweeting our last I've been you I've been it on doesn't the, make sense to me it doesn't I, make sense I've been on but Twitter I've been on, don't hate on it it's we're getting traffic from it so uh, to our Twitter followers I'm more active on Twitter now uh, than I was previously and all of our stuff's going on there now um, we're everywhere and so. I think we're both doing we're both doing Instagram too yeah because uh, I'm seeing you on there. So yep. yeah, we're, yeah that, I do like Instagram. It's very simple. I think, picture, yes. picture, a little line and some hashtags. Done. I think oh. I think Instagram yep. was our original, um, like our original break into the internet world of model railroading. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. So yeah, uh, wow. kind of kicked up. But yeah, so we're everywhere. Jason's everywhere. Like we said before, you can find Jason Jensen on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Jason Jensen's trains. And we will share the links yep. in the description of the show, and we'll probably put a little bit of a um, a summary in the on the website of the podcast as well, with some links to find his work. So, um, with that, we're gonna log off until next time, Jason. All right, thanks, guys. All right, see you. We'll see Good you. night.